welcome back to episode 31 of the Weekly Tech Ramp with me, Jay. And me, Carl. There was a small pause there. I wasn't sure if you're still with us. I, I was. I was on mute. <laughs> um, oh, oh, oh. That's topical for 2020 slash 2021. So, Carl, good week? Oh, well, it's only Monday. What am I on about? It's Monday, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been good so far. I have no complaints. But say, the week is early. How about yourself? The week... The weekend, not too bad, but we've gone to, uh, what's it, daylight savings time here, or sort of British summer time in the UK, isn't it? Daylight savings time. Yeah, so, that was uh, painful yesterday morning. Well, it, it was a little bit. I was thinking more this evening when I put my uh, two-year-olds to bed, and uh, she looked at the, out the window and went, Daddy, it's still morning time. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking yesterday morning when I got woken up at six o'clock, which was not really, you know what I mean? It was five previously, the, the day previous. Uh, children, like, oh, children, children need a, a daylight savings time adjustment themselves don't they? you do better like wind that clock back <laughs> oh, only. if only if only and that yes if only indeed well this week we have got a wealth of different stories we've got this week a gadget you know we, we talked about gadgets a long time ago well we've got a gadget just sort of this week yeah we've got three games uh to talk about and we've got some more intel news exchange security holes uh and some apple news to round us out so you know hopefully it should be a good show so let's kick us off then carl so last week pat gelsinger he late of vmware uh kicked off his i guess his his, his would you want to call it his reign at intel is that probably a good way to look at it <laughs> was it a reign of terror uh hopefully not but yeah he laid out his plans for the uh his tenure i suppose the coming years and what they're going to do and how they're going to change intel into a I suppose a competitive business because it seems to have lost its way slightly in the CPU market. Uh, what they still so yeah. they still make chips? They still make chips. Still on fourteen uh. nanometer. What everyone else is playing with three nanometer and five nanometer. Uh, but no, he laid out his plans for IDM two point zero, which is a allegedly integrated device maker two point zero. So it, it was a plan about. How they're going to improve their technologies? Um, they're going to be building two new fabs, aren't they? Two new factories in yep. Arizona. So apparently, creating about three thousand new jobs and spending twenty billion dollars doing it. Building those fabs. Um, so I mean, they, I tried to tune in and watch it, but it was all quite salesy. It didn't actually give you too much technical detail. But they kind of laid out four pillars for going forward. Um, they want the pillar one was you know be the leader in every category which in which they compete, uh, execute flawlessly to their commitments, innovate passionately passionately with boldness, and foster a bright, uh, vibrant culture. Is the kind of four pillars they laid out there. See, this when you saying all that, just stop for a second. I was thinking yeah. like that's that is Pat Gelsinger. That's not the Intel yep. thing. That's Pat that Gelsinger Pat. as as a leader, and those are very similar to the. Kind of the, the objectives that he had. Yeah, exactly. The kind of the objectives he had at VMware. Oh, what do they call it at VMware? Um, Epic 2. Epic 2 values, yes. So yeah. obviously there were a bit more of them. I think there was seven, wasn't there? There are a few more, but it's the same It's the same yeah. kind of ethos, isn't it, really? It is. I mean, it was a good culture. I mean, VMware has a very, very good culture about that. Uh, I think bringing that to Intel and bringing in more of an engineering-led uh, management there will, will certainly help. Definitely. And I think, you know, you're right. They have to, you know, Pat had to go in and this isn't like a lot of CEOs who come in, isn't it? And basically just try to be like, right, uh, I'll clear the decks because 
I want to make it my mark on the company. Pat hasn't got that, has he? Pat's got a legacy with Intel. He's already made his mark got... on the company. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, the com- part, you know, some of the success of Intel is partly due to him, and you know, as the engineer that he is. So for him, this isn't about wiping the slate clean, is it? I think for them, this is hitting, this is hitting stop on the Intel train and saying, right, before we go any further, we've we've got to stop. We've got to work this out. And yeah, you're, you're oh, getting right. them back on you know, track, isn't it? Getting the ducks in order. Exactly, and to do that, I think you know he needs to get everybody. To, to use a bad a train analogy now, you need to get everybody on board. Yeah. Um, and to, <laughs> I like it, but you're right. He has to, and I think he has to get everyone on board, and he has to get the employees behind them because unless the employees of Intel are engaged, they're excited, and they value the company and they value the leadership, Intel will never succeed, no matter how good the products are. No, no, exactly. He has to get them on board. He he needs to build that that culture again for world class engineers to want to come and join Intel. Or the ones that are there not to leave and go to somewhere else that's doing better. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and and Pat is a very transparent leader, isn't he? he he's he quick is, yeah. to put his hand up when things have gone wrong. Which didn't he do that kind of on the on the seven nanometer thing? Didn't he basically admitted that they, they they'd made a mistake, didn't he? On that point. Yeah. So I mean, he said that they they're gonna was it rearchitect and simplify their seven nanometer process flow, and apparently they're gonna increase the use of EUV by more than hundred percent. Um, that was some technology they're licensing from someone. Uh, but I was thinking, but we've not really delivered 10 nanometer yet. No, no. And we're already talking about how we're going to make seven better. So I'll, I don't know. They didn't say. Are they going to kind of pause what we've done 10, 10 nanometer now and just jump to seven? No, I think, I think, I think he's, from what I recall of it, from what I think I read in another article, was saying that. The seven nanometer thing was to do with, like you say, the EUV, which is uh, extreme ultraviolet lithography. If I can get that word out correctly. Ah, yes, yep. Um, and apparently, the reason they 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 didn't do it was basically the ASML, the um, the Dutch. Are they yes, they're Dutch. If I recall, yeah, Dutch hmm. company. You know, basically pioneered that and builds a lot of the fabrication machines, don't they? And, yep. and the, the chip stuff. They they basically went ahead with EUV and pioneered it, and you know. That's the whole reason I think why people at like Apple and other companies are progressing so quickly. Yeah. And Intel basically decided to go, you know, think of it a fork in the road. It, yeah. yeah, Intel went left, you know, <laughs> we're like, no, nah, we don't need to do that. And the reality is you're right, it didn't work. And Pat though, in Pat, I think it wasn't so much in the the press conference that he did publicly, you know, the the unleashed event. It was in the shareholder QA afterwards, yeah. where he basically said that they've gone back to ASML. And said, I think, you know, look, can, <laughs> yes, we, be can we have some, please? <laughs> yeah. And now you're right, it's gonna they um they're gonna uh, end up redoing it. But it's it's but I don't I think was I think he says twenty twenty three for Meteor Lake, yeah, which is seven nanometer, but I think I think the market's expecting twenty four. Yeah, and I suppose he's probably the only one that can done that. So someone from within couldn't have put, you know, the, the brakes on that without looking oh, bad no, and losing no. their job. They need that fresh set of eyes to come and go, Low, come on, guys, time to give up on that 10 nanometer. And Let's somebody just... who's... Yeah, yeah, somebody also who's respected enough um, to be able to say, you know, in the industry as well, that, you know what, it, we may have... Because, you know, it could have just been like, some people could have said, you know, if it's somebody else... Oh, they're just they're just pacifying a breed. They're trying to pacify the shareholders. You know, they're just trying yeah. to kind of hide, hide that they've cocked up and they've made a mistake. But I think with Pat, it's actually, you know what, no. You know, the Intel thought this was the right way to do things. 
you know, we, we realize now that that's not, and actually we're going to go down this road. Yeah, everybody else has been doing it, um, but we're going to do that, and we're going to do it better than everybody else, effectively, isn't he? That's what he's kind of saying, yeah, isn't it? Because they've got know? amazing en- engineers and amazing, amazing tech designers stuff like that. They've just gone down a bad road and carried on trying to fix it. I mean, look at the, is it the Rocket Lake, the recent ones? Yeah. That's the 10 nanometer tech ported back to 14 nanometer and then bodged to work properly, isn't it? But I mean, the whole point, though, yeah, but like you say, the whole engineering to actually report it itself, I mean, that's not that's not an easy feat by anybody. No standards, small undertaking, definitely not. No, not at all. Um, but I think, the, like you say, the major announcements were A, around the, 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 the fabs that they're pumping $20 yep. billion dollars into, which is amazing because obviously that's going to open up all kinds of new revenue streams for them. But isn't yeah. it the, um, they're, they're going to be part of a new business unit, aren't they? I understand. The oh, Intel is that the... Foundry, Foundry Services, is that, I think that's the name of it? Yeah, I mean, yes, they're going to be building... Basically, you as a customer would go to Intel and say, I want you to build this with some Intel tech. I want to throw some ARM chips in, maybe some RISC-V oh, cores hang, in there. Hang, back it up a second, back it up. Did you say Intel and ARM? Intel, ARM, RISC. You've got the whole menagerie going on there. So, so does that mean that Apple might come back and say, can you manufacture us some ARM chips? Um, it's a distinct possibility. They're opening their doors to, I'm presuming, anyone that's got money and wants to buy and <laughs> yeah. custom build you, custom build you chips. How deep are your pockets? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come this way. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting because obviously Intel aren't any, aren't a stranger to ARM or RISC. I mean, I think yeah. they, they used to build RISC chips back in. In the eighties, uh, you know, we had what the i nine sixty and the i eight sixty were risk chips, and then they canned those after a while. I think they were used a lot in embedded systems, and then they went and brought. Was it the, the X scale ARM processors? You had a lot, a lot of them in pocket PCs. Oh god, yeah. If you remember yeah. those, yeah. yeah. And then they sold that off to um, Marvel. Yeah, Marvel in the two thousand sometime. Marvel Semiconductor. That's the one. So yeah, they sold their ARMs. I mean, they have a history of. I don't know if anyone's still there, but they have a history of designing risk and arm, and I don't know how well but, they did in it, but yeah. No, and I think you're right, but this also, again, it's a clever play by Intel and Pat to say, you know what? Yeah, every arm chips are the way forward. We realise that 886 isn't going anywhere, but arm chips is what everybody wants right now. Yep. So why why should we, as a US company, um, see all that business go to Taiwan, China, etc., Korea? Yeah, they want some of that business back, and I think that's also the part of building the new fabs is that they want U.S. Uh, government contracts as well. Of course, and of course yeah. Intel, you know, U.S. company fabrications, fabricate, you know, uh, uh, foundry, sorry, fabs in the U.S. You know, you can see there's a lot of extra play going on here, isn't there? Really, can do. I, I can imagine them sitting in the job interview and laying out. This is my plan for Intel, and them going. Whoa. And him going, how much? (laughs) Yeah. I don't need the job. I'm doing very, very well at VMware. How badly do you need me? If you need me, this is the plan we're going to be putting in place. Give give us a call. Yeah. Like you, then then it's like, um, how much we got, you know, knocking around stock wise that we can give him? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But they, they, um, they had a bit of a coup though, though, because they had the CEOs of uh, Microsoft and IBM. IBM. Yeah, IBM Both, was on there, uh, weren't they? Yeah, saying about that they're going to, uh, you know, partner with um, Intel around chips. Obviously, 
Windows and Intel have got a long history. Microsoft, I should say, and, and, and Intel have got a huge history, you know, for, for Windows. So that's obviously going to be something that will continue. IBM was the interesting one, was around chip design, wasn't it, really? Around, you know, what they were they're going to design chips for them. Yeah, so it was like, about building a design center, wasn't it, uh, for research and design purposes. For, yeah, for, for, I wonder... Go on. Yeah, so just obviously for the pair of them together. So they didn't oh, yeah. go into too much detail, but I presume that's more supercomputing kind of chips. But I've just well, that's what I've just down, say. yeah. I was wondering whether, of course, it's anything to do with um, uh, the uh, oh quantum computing, whether or not Intel have any be. part. Yeah, but look, I, I, I said to you this before. You know, it's, it was a huge loss to VMware, but at the same time, it's you know Intel's gain and definitely. If he if he can deliver you know seventy percent of what he promises here, this is going to you know really help them move forward. And you know their stock price is already climbing. You know it's oh, already it's, it's all you know it's, it's you know it's still not it's not expensive stock. I mean I think when I looked uh, earlier, I think it was like sixty five dollars or something like that. Okay. I don't think it you know it, it wasn't exactly you know um, Amazon high. No. Yeah. It's currently today sixty four as as. As of this moment, $64.38 USD. Um, so, What's the you know, VMware stock doing? VMware stock. VMware stock is obviously that took a bit of a dive, didn't it? But I think that's come back up. VMware stock today is $155.05, up by 1.08. Yeah, it, it's it's been really good, actually. It's cli- it's um, It's been climbing since about the middle of March, actually. Um, I think it, it took a hit. It Well, no, I'll rephrase that. It took a bit of a, um, a blip. With yep. um, with the pat thing, but it's recovered nicely, and I think it, uh, you know, I think that's in part to do with you know the reality that losing Pat Gelsinger wasn't actually the the worst thing that could have happened to to VMware. But he laid a good foundation, so I mean, it's exactly. not like the uh, the Dell blip. No, no, the the Dell blip is yeah, the, the, the yes, it's the Dell blip at the start. Uh, and there'll be a Dell blip later this year if if the plans that Dell have to spin off VMware go ahead. I had so, VMware which... stock when the Dell blip happened. It yeah. was not pretty. No, <laughs> I no. think we hit lows of thirty dollars from one hundred and twenty. Yeah, and it didn't yeah. recover for quite some time. Probably best not to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were bad but days, but good I... news though. Um, good news. I'm thinking. You... I'm thinking. Sorry, go ahead. Thinking... I was going to say, I'm thinking Intel stock could, you know, could be a good investment. Now, I'll make it very clear. We are not offering financial advice. We are not offering stock advice. I am purely speculating for my own personal gain that Intel stock might be a good buy. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. But say, do not buy any. Don't take our advice. <laughs> no, it's just, but it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, I just think, you know, the way it's going, it's, 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 looking, it's looking strong. And I think uh, if some of these things pull off as they are, then yeah, Intel I think could be back in the game. Yeah, definitely. Ah, oh, so we so talk, so with new chips, so new fabs, um, uh, new, new chips, event, new event, Intel on, which is Intel um, on, Intel on, which is going to be t- taking place in October, which is perhaps is like is the spiritual successor to IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. That's the one. Yep. Ah, you get amazing. a free plane with every ticket. <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, no no the uh, Intel Developer uh, Forum isn't it Intel Developer Forum yeah that's the one yeah so the yeah, Intel so On event eh is that what Intel you're On it? it's going to be cool but yeah very similar to IDF apparently is that a bit like Intel Inside <laughs> <laughs> no idea <laughs> I'm just like all I've got now is the Blue Man Group in my head 
know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I can just see those adverts there. You know the ones, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the ones, yeah. Uh, and also thinking about my old Pentium 2, the slab as well. Weird what you come to mind, isn't it? Oh, so, yeah, the big slot ones you plugged yeah, in. That's the one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So alongside the uh, the chips then, we were talking last week about these uh, Intel HPG cards, weren't we? The, the new... Oh, there was a scavenger hunt, and the hidden bit in their website, wasn't there? Yeah. Well, it turns out they've had a bit of a... Well, I don't want to call it a leak, because when it's on your website, it's hardly a leak, is it? No, just some, I don't know, some uh, rights access issues. Yeah, but some interesting Someone didn't lock down the content it. management system properly. But yeah, there has been some some leaks of specs on their own website. Um, I suppose the summary is really that it's going to be out this year. Laptop chips are coming first. Uh, desktop adding cards a bit later. And I suppose that's probably because Intel can control the whole or a lot more of it when you're embedding the GPU in the CPU as opposed to a discrete card that has to work with a myriad of different... Uh, configurations of pc yeah it's just, and that's this it's, this is the thing isn't it if you if it's a bit like the apple ecosystem piece isn't it if yeah. you're controlling everything then yeah you've got you've so got far more make, makes sense and you know from what we can see there are what three different configurations of uh, cards with different levels of execution units so i think you've got your low end at 128 eus uh, a kind of mid one at 384 and a, a high-end one at the full 512 execution units and these EUs are basically like the CUDA cores, aren't they? In, um, yeah, they're a cluster of cores. So each execution unit has eight cores in it. So it gives us a, what, 1,024, 3,072, and 4,096 cores for each of the cards. This, the, look, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, and I think we, we, as we've said before, when, when these cards are in the wild, as it were, um, obviously laptops mm. is first, but... Even to get some benchmarks out of them is going to be interesting to see, isn't it, really? I think it is. Whether or not they're competitive. Because the, Intel Iris, hmm. the Intel Iris stuff, you know, the onboard stuff you get today, you know, the laptops yeah. and that, you know, they do a job. They do exactly what it says in the tin. It provides video. Um, yep. So, you know, we were talking earlier, weren't we? I was saying about, you know, I think a new Windows laptop, well, not a new Windows laptop, but a yep. replacement Windows laptop for for doing stuff outside of the Mac ecosystem. Um, and I said to you, oh, you know, the, I've got a nice Dell one, does the job, but I want something with slightly better graphics. And yeah. you're kind of limited, really, aren't you? You know, to, to just AMD or NVIDIA. Um, yeah. And it's either it's either, it's either either all or nothing, isn't it? you either got all high-end stuff. which a pimping gaming well. laptop or, uh, or or not. Yeah. Um, so these could kind of like hit a sweet spot in the middle ground, I think. Not not necessarily the HPG ones, but the, the LPG disc ones could do that as well. But... Yeah, yeah, it definitely is looking very interesting. And, you know, the, the question is, does it exist? It clearly does exist. <laughs> and when yeah. is it going to go to the market? You know? It does. Unfortunately, the scavenger hunt didn't reveal any details. Uh, no, that, no. That, that did end. Uh, but apparently the prize for winning the scavenger hunt was $200 of uh, $200 game bundle. There was no GPU in sight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> little disappointing, I think, for the people that invested time in that. <laughs> but talking of $200, I wonder what the price point of this is going to be. Don't know. What people are saying, you know, their top-end one is probably going to be comparable to one of AMD's 6700 XTs, which okay. is a brand new one chip, but it's their bottom rung of the 6000 series. So it kind of sits in between a 3060 Ti and a 3070. 
Yeah, that's not bad, is it? What, like, what are you saying? If you're not looking for high-end gaming, but no. you want something of a system that can render video well, do transcoding, perhaps, that kind of stuff. I you know, think it's going to get you pretty solid 1440p gaming, I think. Maybe not yeah. all the bells and whistles turned up. I reckon full, all the bells and whistles at 1080p and probably a medium setting at 1440p, which for a lot of people, it's going to be enough because most people don't invest in the monitors, do they? They're all running no, no. 1080p monitors still. That's the thing, isn't it? That, uh, you know, I, I look. I'm all for this. I, I really want to see another player in the market. And Definitely. I, I want some choice. You know, I want some choice in in what I use. I don't necessarily for for my workstations need you know full battle gear for you know 3080 style you know machinery. No. But I want something that can. If I need to, you know, use something that's slightly graphically intensive, I want something that can do the job. And uh, yeah, this looks like they can do that. And I think you're right for a more middle of the road gaming machine. Yeah, and yeah, this definitely could be the right way forward, especially for the laptops market. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Awesome work. Okay, so we know they exist. We know they're coming. We just don't know how much. We just don't know when. Okay, cool. Oh, well, well, it's it's been a better week. At least Intel have had a better week than uh, than Microsoft have had again, or at least I should say any exchange admins had again though. Or even it Brian turned... Krebs. Well, yeah. Well, you you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say. So after the last couple of weeks of well, well, the last few weeks of the exchange, I don't want to call it. I don't know. A hack is the right word. Um, it's uh, the exchange security free for all with that uh, the Hapium yeah. hacks. Um, and basically the web shells that everybody under the sun who had the on-premise exchange server. Well, it turns out according to Microsoft, uh, they they're saying that around ninety-seven percent of all exchange servers have been patched. Which is fantastic. It's impressive. It is really impressive. They, I think, they've been on a one hell of a you know uh, swing to try and get that done. But uh, today there was a story published on ZDNet, uh, which I picked up from uh, Twitter from Brian Krebs, the security expert from Krebs on Security, um, which was a, twi- a tweet that he posted, basically saying um, I didn't hack your Exchange server, and I was like, <laughs> what? Hello? It turns out. It turns out. That um, not only uh, are these the, the criminal fraternity, one for one for better name, um, have basically been having one hell of a go at him. So from DDoSing his uh, website, apparently he was swatted as well. You know, yeah, they, they don't uh, like him very much. No, 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 no. Um, I'm glad they don't do that in the UK. I mean, that that swatting thing is just that's just that's, that's horrendous. horrific. Yeah, you know, there are doing. You know, you do read about reports uh, of people who have been killed, haven't they? And, yeah, know, definitely. Accidental. Um, but now apparently somebody has gone and created a hack for um, <laughs> exchange servers. So according to the Shadow Server Foundation, 20, nearly 21,000. just under that, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this. Exchange servers have recently compromised and they've discovered that the, the malware that's been installed through... Uh, Baby Draco. Uh, yeah, oh, I know, got a great name, isn't it? Like Baby Draco. They keep yeah. communicating with Brian.krebsonsecurity.top domain. I mean, because <laughs> oh. he has the Brian, he has krebsonsecurity.com, doesn't he? So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that, so the malicious file that is published to the machine, so through the web shell, so it goes to say the Baby Draco, which is a backdoor um, that communicates yep. with that domain. So the web shell that does it then pumps in a file. <laughs> Called KrebsOnSecurity.exe. It's, it's <laughs> poor bloke. I mean, are we sure it's not Brian? I mean, 
That's exactly what a guilty man would say. It wasn't. It me. wasn't me. <laughs> uh, but when you read about it, I mean, it, clearly, you know, Krebs himself and and, and the researchers here who who found this, they're not yeah. entirely sure what's going on here because there doesn't appear to be uh, any action as well, do they? What's from, no, from the, not a lot at all. The Are they just harvesting this all together to later push down some malicious payloads and maybe start a botnet or do something else nefarious? Uh, I don't know. You're right, they're just sitting there doing nothing at the moment. No, and this was similar to that thing we saw before. Do you remember with the M1 chips on Apple, the M1 machines? Oh, yes, the malware, yeah. I think there was like twenty to 30,000, wasn't there, max have been compromised at that point. And again, the the malware was not communicating... Well, I think it was... Wasn't it communicating, like, periodically with a CNC? message every now and then, yeah. Yeah, back to the command and control servers. And it seems to be the same here that... um, same here that you know uh, the the exchange service here that are compromised with this crubs on security.exe um just you know are just not doing much they're just communicating now back again but it does it does look like one hell of a troll doesn't it on brian here <laughs> just a bit yeah I mean, it's the ultimate troll isn't it but i mean it, it's it's just oh, i just feel for the guy i mean you know, you try to, you know, you 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 try to, I guess, publicise things that are going on in the environment. You make comments on, you know, these hacks. You, you know, educate people. You are a subject matter expert, and then some bright spark is like, I know what. <laughs> Let's hack these machines, and we'll make, we'll call we'll call the uh, the software. I don't know. Instead of like, you know, something exe, we'll call it Krebs on Security exe and see what happens. You yeah, know? I think this is clearly a lesson being taught by the domain registrars. Buy all the domains of your name in it so no one else grabs one. <laughs> There's a lot of lessons being taught here about domain registration. Did nobody <laughs> oh, learn yes. from did nobody learn from Marcus Hutchins in his uh, you know with the, the WannaCry thing and uh you know, <laughs> Apparently he not, no. registered the domain for that, didn't he? And like, oh hang on a minute, everything's now communicating with this domain. Yeah, it's like whoever wrote that malware was like, Oh crap, I should have bought the domain. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Although, although or was, I bet it was, I bet you it was like you know five six years previously they'd bought the domain you know, like we all do on like sale just, just lapsed, like, hasn't it yeah it's like it's like I'll use that domain for something one day <laughs> got a lot of those <laughs> yeah and then you get the email don't you that says oh by the way this domain's expiring and now it's going to cost you three times as much as you paid for it the first time it's like only paid a pa- only paid a pound the first time now you want thirty just like, yeah, it's oh, like no. what hang on a minute <laughs> how badly do I want that domain. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Too, I, I do look at my domain list sometimes. I'm like, should I let that one lapse? Shall I? No, no, I'll keep hold of it. Yeah. You never know when you might need it. No, it's like a lot of things that I keep in my drawers of doom, boxes and bits and bobs. It's like, I might need that cable of, that I've never used in 10 years one day. Until you throw it out when you need it. Oh, that's always the way. It's like everything. It's like, it's like anything. The minute you throw it out, it's the way. Like, Where did I put that? Yeah. <laughs> or if you're like me, you... Uh, you sell something on eBay and then three months later can't work out where you put it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that with the 970? Oh, yeah. 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 So, he spent ages like, oh, looking for that. Oh, where did I put that NVIDIA 970 card? I wanted to put it in my spare machine. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's put it in I the post box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, we're off on a tangent. So, uh, it would never be the tech rap if we didn't talk about Apple. And this week, we've only got two Apple stories, so just don't worry. If you're listening, don't need to turn off now. You can hold on. This is all good. Yep. So, Apple, there is a rumour coming out that Apple are exploring a ruggedized Apple Watch aimed at people who do 
outdoorsy things or or activities in extreme environments, according to Bloomberg. This is well up my street. I am. I was going to say this is going to match your this. Casio on your other arm, isn't it? I am all over this. See, I have, I love Casio G Shocks. I've got a collection of them. Um, I, you know, I, they are my watch, all time watch. And I do enjoy my Apple Watch. You know, I've got it here. I'm wearing it. I, I love the functionality. I love the fitness tracking. Though, all be said, my wife does far better than I do with the fitness tracking. Um, but I'm so petrified that I'm going to damage it. You know, <laughs> how many watches are you wearing at the moment? Two. Oh, is it's still two watch J? Okay, just checking. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the time on the but, left side is different. No, um, I know what you mean, though. I mean, I I'm very careful my watches. I had one. I had the original Apple Watch before they rebranded it, the Watch Zero or whatever they called it, because they brought out a Series One, didn't they? But I had that. Yeah. Kept it immaculate. Got my new Series Four within about what three or four weeks. I put a scratch down the side of it. <sighs> I was just like, I had the other one for like four years and it was fine. Four weeks with this one and scratched it. You, you, I see, I get that, right? Because I, you know, my watch here, um, I've got some faint scratches at the top where it's obviously brushed against something, you know? Yep. And I take my, I, I don't take my watches off for anything, you know? Um, and I, you know, in the garden, I'm doing stuff. I was like, you know, you know I'm, I'm building things or I'm out with the kids or, I'm, you know, anything. I've got my watch on. And I was so realised, I was like, this is going to get ruined. So I did buy a bumper for my Apple Watch, like a like a sort of a... Um, it, it basically slips over the Apple Watch and the yep. straps go through the side. And it's not too... I mean, I think I showed you a picture before, haven't I? It's not too yeah. unsightly. You know, it, it takes away a little bit of the smooth edges, but what it has got, it's got a lip around the top. So okay. if you brush against it, the lip catches it uh, first. A bit like, in a, you know, like an iPhone case sort of thing. Yeah. But... If I had like a G-Shock style Apple Watch that has built-in ruggedization, I do like that word. I mean, <laughs> if they bring this out as an option with the Series 7, I will swap my 6. I will trade my 6 in for that 7, hands down. It would be, it would make perfect sense. It's brilliant. You know, and if you also, if you, if you, if you do like mountain biking or I don't know, yep. you climb mountains, I guess, or... You do anything, you know. I guess even though think take it take it away from the sports, you know, people who wear their watch for work, you know, like you say, people who do you know manual labor, for example, something exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. You know, anything where the watch could get dashed against something. I mean, or just yeah. clumsy people. Well, there is that. I didn't want to go down that road, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go down that road. But yeah, you're right, clumsy people. But you know, the only thing that would put me off is if they made it an SE. You know, and Ooh, they took some yeah. of the functionality out. That would, but that they're just be... gonna. I kind of view this as just like bringing out the watch edition again, as long as it's not that price. You know, oh, what, they the, had the original watches, gold. the ten thousand pound titanium ceramic with gold whatever on it. Yeah, ten thousand pound on the Hermes strap. I'm not talking that kind of price, but yeah, a, a, an edition version of it. You know, maybe you might pay a little bit more because it's ruggedized, but uh, hopefully not too much more. No, there's no reason why they should take any of the functionality of it, should they? Really? No, and not at all. You know, and like the SE. Is a is a is a lower price point because that's what they're aiming at, isn't it? For people who don't need all the bells and whistles. Don't think they're selling too well, though. Well, you know, I really like this. I mean, I bought my wife one. She really likes it. She didn't need you know a lot of the other functionality. Mm. I think you know a couple other people recommended it to. You. They bought it, but yeah, I I know where you're getting at. I think you know it's probably not selling as well as the well as they wanted because people then some people probably thought actually maybe I'll spend the extra money. And I'll get the the heart rate, you know, stuff, or I'll get I think the, the biggest seller I've heard is still the Series Three. 
Well, again, that that is a cheap, much cheaper price point an entry as an entry level goes, isn't it? Yeah, far far better. And I get it. You know, the, the I still think that this little computer on my wrist is capable of far more than they let on. You know, <laughs> so, definitely far more than what I use it for. Oh God, it's like that's like everything though. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think you know I saw that story and I was like. That is me. I am on the list for that. Please sign me up when I can buy one. Uh, you know, because it just makes perfect sense. And they probably should. They probably didn't want to do that early on because they were targeting the fashion and, I guess, sports fashion, weren't they? Really, to a degree. Yep. Um, but now, considering like Apple Watch as a business unit is the biggest watchmaker in the world. You know, outselling. I think they're valued. They're about, I'm sure they're valued more than Rolex and that, aren't they? So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, gotta be. You know exactly. So you know Ro- Rolex. You know as as a as a, a brand. I think I think I read something a couple of little while was something like six six and a half or seven billion dollars, maybe something, maybe mm. more now. But you know, uh, it's it, maybe maybe a close to ten billion dollars. I think. But you know, Apple Watch as a business unit, I think it's worth more than that, isn't it? You know. Yeah, I, I'd imagine it's thirty or forty billion. You know, and they and they're shifting. And they're shifting probably $10 billion of watches a quarter, probably. <laughs> yeah. Fair yeah, amount. It, it is a fair amount. But again, as with a lot of stuff with Apple, it's it's finding the price point and it's uh, then building on that, isn't it? And interestingly, the Series 3, which is what, came out three years ago? Yeah, it must be, isn't it? Three years ago. It's still yep. there. Yet the, yet the Series 4 and this Series 4 is... Uh, you can't buy them anymore, can you? No, I don't think you can buy the four or the five anymore. No, you can't you? buy the five. They discontinued the five. That was it. Yeah, they discontinued the five. So you've got you've got a device from three years ago that you can still buy. Yep. And you've got the current SE and the six devices that you can yeah, buy as well. Yeah, the three, the six, and the SE. Yeah, that's your choice. Yeah, which is a very peculiar point. You know. Hmm. Yeah. I, hmm. I just looked up, by the way. Uh, on Wikipedia, because we all know Wikipedia is um, the fountain of truth. But according to Wikipedia, anyway, uh, that said that in an analyst stated that Apple was or Apple Watch was already a ten billion dollar business in its first year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> wow. enough said. There, enough said. Enough said. If only Samsung and Android Gear could do the same. <laughs> Yeah, if you want a smartwatch, they're kind of the only people in town, aren't they? Yeah, unless you want, um, I guess, really niche running watches like Garmin. Definitely, or like yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got our watches, but we've also been following something else quite closely, haven't we? <laughs> Just a bit. I mean, what bless you. Sorry about that. Um, one day they are going to come out indeed, and they are going to be the heir of tag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more more rumours and information has come out, and they are cheaper than expected. They come in, well, oh, allegedly they're going to be $40, aren't they? Really? For an Apple product under $50? Well, oh. it's cheaper than expected, but it's more expensive than the competition. Okay, here's the question though: Is that a single air tag, or is that yes. air tags plural? Surely that's got. Surely that's got I mean, to be multiples. You'd buy like no. a pair. If you look at the Tile Pro, that's thirty-five dollars each. 
Yeah, no, you make a point, actually. They're putting the Apple pack. Premium on top, so 40 45 each. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And you won't get discount for buying multiple, because this is Apple. Do you, know, do you know, I forgot that tiles come in a single pack. Yeah. They do. They do do multi packs, and you do get a bit of a discount. But uh, yeah, Apple don't do discount, do they? So <laughs> I won't be expecting any of that. I, you know, I was thinking, where is my tile? I just realised it's in my work bag that hasn't moved. You know, since February <laughs> last. That, the work bag that hasn't moved since February last year. You know, so that's uh, the one. Yeah, yeah. So thirty. So thirty nine dollars is the rumored price then, and yeah. apparently smaller than a tile as well. Yeah, because the tile is about. I'm sure I was reading they were 40 something millimeters by 40 millimeters, and this new air tag is going to be 32 by 32. So, yeah, definitely That's a bit smaller. Tiny. That's going to get it. It is. It's <laughs> all right. I know where it is, though. It's all right. I can find it. Like... <laughs> but I suppose that's why I'd pay the premium for the Apple one because you've got a much bigger network out there to find your devices with than you have with the tiles. Yeah, I mean. Every Apple it... device, every Apple phone or iPad or whatever it's got an internet connection. Is located for these 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 air tags. Yeah, that is a very clever uh, piece of infrastructure that they've built in there, isn't it? We know that. Yeah. Um, and they are definitely coming because, as we know, the the, the Find My app in iOS fourteen five now shows Find My items. So yeah. that clearly is coming. Um, interesting. And that means it's coming before iOS fifteen. Yeah, that would they would that would not be in this release early on. Oh no, you would you no. would not be seeing. You know, uh, it would show up as you say, probably in a fifteen beta, Dev beta or fifteen in um, yeah, when exactly. the Apple developer conference, like usually. July or something. You know, July, July, isn't July. It? Yeah. yeah. So these are coming before iOS fifteen, uh, and you know, it, it's it's just it's like a lot of stuff. It's just like I think not fed up at talking about it. I just like just show me the money now, you know. Like, <laughs> show me the device where the buy button is, and I'll buy something from you. Just need to yeah. get it to me. That's the thing, you know. They've hyped. I don't know whether they've done it on purpose or they've had production issues. I don't know what it is, but they hyped these bloody device. I mean, Apple themselves haven't hyped for that. That's been very clear. The uh, the media has done that for them, um, but they have been hyped up to beyond belief. And if they come out and they're a uh, not a failure, but if they come out and they're like, you know, just don't deliver. Oh, can you imagine the backlash? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there has to be something to delay them because you know, Apple have been prepping. We've had the hints about this for probably a year now, maybe yeah. more. So something must have held them up. It must have done. Um, and I think it's like, you know, it's like a few of the other things that they've got in production, isn't it? You know, the, like the air, the Paramount and stuff. Clearly, the technical challenges they have here didn't mean that they haven't canned it, so they worked it through. But yeah, the the problem is this stuff gets leaked, as we all know. Um, and they don't in Apple, of course, never dispel rumors, do they? They don't comment on them. They Neither confirm them, or deny. You know, it's a bit like the CIA. Um, they just let it roll, and which is great. But on the other hand, it just drives the marketing, um, you know, media just into this fury frenzy, doesn't it? Of like, when are these things coming? You know, th- we've 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 got three D renderings. We've got a, a leak from a some this person. You know, it's like where just just show me it. Just show me the product. Yep. Um, but talking of leakers, though, on that point, old uh, John Prosser did go ahead and shave his eyebrows on his uh, front page tech uh, site, didn't he? <laughs> I watched that this morning. Yeah, he did indeed. Uh... He, he, he was good to his word, actually. And it was uh, all the money was donated to a charity, wasn't it, if I recall? It was, yeah. Yes, yeah, good on him. Yeah, you know, 
I take my hat off for the guy. You know, he talks a bit of trash. He talks a bit of silliness, but uh, to, to you know, he kept his word. And the charity, if I remember rightly, I think it was called Wigs for Kids, or I think That's something. It, yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely for children who have hair loss through cancer and I think other medical treatments, wasn't it? So, yep. you know, fantastic look. You know, I take my hat off to the man. You know, for all of the, you know, for whatever the joke is, whatever it is, he was good on his word. And uh, well done, John. Well played. And uh, let's just hope there is an event in April so you don't have to do this something else. <laughs> No, I'm not going uh, there. <laughs> uh, what are you on about? So we're shaving his head, man. Of course, sorry. This this is a family <laughs> show. It's a family show. All right, okay. So let's move away from tech. We have got tonight. We're going to talk about something different. Not 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 uh, not a film. Not an Intel graphics card. We're going to talk about Lego. Oh, yes. That is my crack. Lego is my. <laughs> oh, addiction. mine too. <laughs> I spend far too much money on the bricks from Denmark, <laughs> and we could have we could probably do a Lego podcast, but that would probably be no fun without video. But anyway, no, so, exactly. If you're not familiar with Lego, and I don't mean Lego as in the Legos that you go buy at the shops, I mean, I'm talking about Lego Ideas, um, which yep. is the community-driven site where enthusiasts can submit. Uh, uh, ideas uh, to well the community and uh, people then can vote on them can't they and and it's usually uh, not just the idea they they build it themselves and put the design plans out there don't they put, that's right yeah on. and yeah. there's some really funky software that I've that helps you model like Lego doesn't it and like visualize it it does yeah um, and the Lego Ideas site over the years has generated some fantastic models um, you know that have come out you know looking around here there's like you know, things like Luna Landers, there's um, some of like these sort of Star Wars stuff, there's uh, the Pirates of Barracuda Bay, which yep. uh, when I was a small child in the late 80s, it was a Lego pirate ship that was reimagined as the pirates had crashed on an island and uh, now it's like Castaway. Um, these are great, there's been some fantastic sets driven, driven out of that. There's now a new set that's coming out which is inspired by Lego Ideas, but is not from Lego Ideas. This is a, a, yeah. an official Lego set of the Space Shuttle Discovery. Uh, and it is phenomenal. It comes with uh, the ESA, the European Space Agency satellite, um, which is the... Which one Hubble? Is it? Oh, no, it's the Hubble, it's actually, Hubble. isn't it? But it's, it comes with the Hubble says, Telescope. Yeah, that's right. It says Hubble and says... Uh, uh, sorry, I thought it was an ESA satellite. Sorry, but it's uh, in partnership with ESA, isn't it? That's what it says on it. Yeah. Sorry. So it comes with the Hubble, um, and it's a fully detailed model that you can open the payload doors. You can um, got the arm, release. hasn't it? Yes, you got the Canada arm. You can release. You got the command module to see the seating. You got a fantastic uh, stand. You got retractable landing, landing gear. gear. Yeah, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal model, um, and it is. It's not too. It's not too small actually. It's uh, no, two thousand three hundred yeah. pieces. Yeah, so it's sizable, but not not the biggest Lego I've ever built. No, that for me, looking around, I've three things here: the the Lego, the Lego Batwing, yeah, <laughs> uh, my Saturn V. Oh yeah, uh, I've got a Y wing here as well from the Ultimate Collector series. Um, cool, and there's loads of other stuff. And you, well, you've got some awesome sets as well. I have. I suppose the biggest one is probably the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh yes, that is a cool set. Because I didn't think it'd be that complicated, but it's actually the TV part because you wind the handle and you've got Mario jumping over the scenery, all the mechanics behind that uh, was quite intricate and detailed. 
yeah, I've got that. I've got uh, the Ducati motorbike and a Mustang and uh, oh, James Bond's DB5. That that was pretty uh, cool. another. That's another fantastic set. I bought the light kit for that the other day, so I just need to put that in. <laughs> These light kits, I tell you, I, I know you keep telling me I must get a light kit for stuff. I really should, I suppose. Yeah, I really not should. a lot of investment. Uh, it, uh, it's a bit of time putting your Lego apart and putting it back together, but they're, they're awesome. Uh, but this this new set from on the Discovery is fantastic, and it goes fantastically well with uh, the Saturn V, the Lunar Lander that uh, Paul mentioned, and also the ISS that came out last year, wasn't it? That came out. Oh, the um, ISS looks good. Yeah, that's a really good kit. It's quite an affordable price point. I think it was sixty five pounds. Yeah, it wasn't too expensive. That. What this this one's what one hundred seventy, isn't it? One hundred seventy, all but the change, uh, and yeah. it's available from the first of April. Uh, and this is mm-hmm. I look, I'm I'm, I'm pre ordering this hands down. This is a fantastic set i i did go off the tangent and i did discover that they've also releasing a new imperial probe droid as well from star wars you know which is the one that you know if you uh think it's back to star wars and on yep. uh, the you know a hoth when they're released aren't they and they fly over the land with their arms they do yeah Talk, uh, so, talking of a uh, down a rabbit hole <laughs> the other day we were looking at the was it the launch oh, no, platform and the crawler for your saturn five Oh, oh, I knew you were going to say that. So yes, we did. So the Saturn <laughs> Five, which is a, a fantastic set, which is it's about it's just under a meter. I think it's about a meter tall, if I measure. Yeah. Um, so you're right. Uh, Lego themselves do not do the the launch tower um, or the crawler. You know, which is if you've ever seen the pictures of that, I'm sure many people have the fantastic launch uh, the crawler that used to carry the Saturn Five rockets, but also the shuttles in the later life. I took it from the it? where they built it to the launch pad, did it? Yeah, from the VAV, from the vehicle assembly building, all the way up to yeah. the launch pad 39B or whatever. And they are huge, aren't they? You know, they're the largest oh, yeah. track vehicle in the world. And I think like a mile an hour or something they go. It's something really silly, isn't it? Like that. It's really <laughs> it's not that quick, no. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, so you're right. We <laughs> went off a rabbit hole. Uh, it turns out some Chinese, um, I'm going to have to say it, knockoff Lego, isn't it really? Yeah. It's not Lego. They're just <laughs> not Lego. Very clear, this is not Lego. It's uh, imitation of some... It's just compatible bricks. Um, they they built this, the Lego... It's a Saturn... Sorry, not Lego. It's to go with... It, it is to go with the Saturn V rocket from Lego. Yep. But it is uh, the launch umbilical tower uh, and also the crawler. And you can pick them both up for, uh, I think, the... the Very reasonable price. $199. And the other one, the, the crawler was $123. Um, and I, I super tempted. They are amazing. They're huge. <laughs> but yeah, you need so... to think about the logistics of this. <laughs> Once you put it together, where is it going to go in the office? I don't know, but it's huge. Yeah, so the, the 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 mobile launcher platform is yeah. um, what was it? Uh, with everything together, I think it, they said it was 169 centimeters high. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like unbelievable. I'll put it in the show notes so you can see the pictures. But the, it's brilliant. It's in, from some of the reviews I've read, there are some issues, and people have had to use glue. My God, you know, sounds like um, oh. it sounds like a, no, what's it called? Uh, the craggle, isn't it? The cra- from the Lego, kraken. The, Le- uh, the craggle. Oh, the craggle. Yeah, from the Lego movie. <laughs> from Lego, it's the craggle, isn't it? And Lord Business. Yep. Um, so uh, yeah, you've got to use the craggle apparently in a couple of places uh, to make it stand. But it looks a great kit. You get the, the basically you get the whole of the gantry, you get uh, all of the arms, you get the, the crane that lifts him, you know, equipment up, and yep. then the crawler is a separate, um, you know, build all together. And then you basically rest them on top of each other, and, and off you go. 
Um, I am very, very tempted by it. it apparently, it comes <laughs> from China, so it takes a few weeks to get here. Yeah. Um, and you know, it is it is quite expensive, but uh, yeah, it gives you time it, to build the extension for it, doesn't it? I was going to say it's huge, absolutely. But I mean, that that would just finish off because that's the one thing I think that kind of is lacking with a Saturn V from Lego is yep. it's a great kit don't get me wrong and you can either have it vertically which is fantastic or you can put it on this uh these like blue stands um yep. and if you've ever been to uh florida and been to orlando at cape canaveral at kennedy space center they've got a saturn 5 rocket in one of the buildings laying down on its side yeah and it's positioned on these blue frames so that's what it looks like so i get what i've done it but I think you know they missed a trick here with the <laughs> with the launch tower. You know it's just phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about rabbit hole without sight. They that oh <laughs> oh dear yeah. oh dear. We, we did waste a bit of time there. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how many hours, days, week. I've still got it up on my um, open tabs on uh, <laughs> on my machine because uh, you know it's it's just kind of like keep staring at me going buy me buy me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, okay, right, moving on then. We've got three games to talk about this evening, and next week we're going to have a film, so we'll keep that in the bag. But yep. this week we have got, uh, well, let me kick off with, um, oh, I can't pronounce this. I have a problem pronouncing things. Uh, I, Izono? Izonzo? I-S-O-N-Z-O. Izonzo, yeah? Yes. Yep, let's yep. go with Izonzo. Yep, Izonzo. So this is a new first-person shooter that's coming out, uh, set in World War One, which apparently replays the uh, two-year conflict between Italy and Austria, which was a battle in the Alps between the two forces during the First it was World the War. Battle of Izonzo, wasn't it? Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where the name comes from. Um, so this is a shooter from the makers of Verdun and Tannenberg, which I swore Verdun started life uh, as a Half-Life um, mod, but I think I'm mistaken now. So Verdun was a 64-player um, sort of you know multi-shooter yep. um, that came out a few years ago. Uh, on Steam, uh, I I I swore it was on a Half Life mod, but then as I was saying to you before, I know there was Red Orchestra and that kind of stuff, but I might have got mistaken. But this looks pretty good actually. So it's coming out on Steam. There's a couple of YouTube videos out already on it. It looks quite good actually. Um, also out on PlayStation Five and Xbox. I, that's right. Yes, sorry. Yeah, it is also on the on the consoles, isn't it? You know, it is. But um, I think these are these are a bit different from your Call of Duties, aren't they? They're designed to be kind of I suppose hyper realistic. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, I, do you know one thing caught my eyes on on all the screenshots? That it was a really bright game. It was. Sense? It, yeah, you know, it was. Yeah. A lot of the shooters today are, ver- are very stark tones, aren't they? You know, they're they are, yep. really blacks and greys, and really sort of you know, this was like brilliant blue skies. Of course, you know, shiny the metal. Alps. So yeah. Yeah, but it, it just it, it caught my eye how how fresh it was. So this is going to be either single player or um, online. As you say, Carl, it's going to have uh, the console. Whether or not that'll be cross-play, I doubt. Um, Probably <laughs> between PC and Xbox, possibly not PlayStation. Probably not. But it does look really good, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm keen for this. I mean, you and I have got history of World War One games. Um, of, of being annihilated in them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hope we can do our own 
co-op on this or something. The, the thing that struck me was though, if you've got vertigo, don't play this game. Oh yeah, some of the yeah, some of the the video bits in there were the mountain sides, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, wow. don't look down, don't look down. <laughs> I, I don't think it's got VR though, is it? So you should be all right. Oh, God, no, Jesus, no, no. But I mean, yeah, it looked like a very intense game. There was a lot going on and planes blowing up bridges and all sorts of things. I do like a good shooter. I do prefer a good shooter where I don't get owned by 12-year-olds, but, uh, you know. LRJ, our age, Jay, it's going to be a fact of life. <sighs> indeed it is, indeed it is. But, uh, you know, we I, that's why I like my flight sims. You know, I can poodle along, nobody's trying to shoot me down, apart from when you're playing. Apart from maybe me, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's so Friendly fire. Really fire, really fire. Blue on blue, blue on blue. <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking of flight sims. Then um, I, uh, I'll jump. I'll jump a story and come back. Jump the gun, yeah. So, unless you've been living in a box under under a cave in a cave under something, you will have been aware that the last few week, the last few days, the last week or so, there has been a rather large ship stuck in the Suez Canal. Yeah, uh, I'm sure you've seen this car. Yeah. <laughs> I have indeed. It is a rather large ship. Uh, it's it's huge, but yeah, it has to be to completely blocked off the Suez Canal, which is now, as of today, is now free. It is which free. Is, you know, a, a good point. Woo. But the two hundred thousand ton uh, length of four football pitches, big as the Eiffel, uh, big as the sorry, not the Eiffel Tower, the Empire State Building, ever mm. given, um, <laughs> is now is now in flight sim. Yep, it's famous. Someone has made a mod <laughs> putting it sideways across the Suez Canal so you can fly over in your plane. Yeah. So this is uh this is brilliant. So um it, apparently you're right. So somebody's gone ahead and created a mod uh for uh, the Ever Given to appear uh, in your in your flights in world. And I you know, this made me laugh when I saw it. I was like, this is brilliant. Is this life imitating art, art imitating life? I don't know. But it's <laughs> spot good. on, you know. It's a great addition, you know. People are quick to do it, and you know, it looked it looked quite good actually from the the screenshots I saw in the video. You know, flying. Over. I'm tempted to download it and fly over tonight in uh, flight sim. Sounds good. Yeah, we should do that definitely. But this is the cool thing that I think. Obviously, you know, flight sims real world updates are not that quick, so you know, this isn't going to show no. up anytime soon in the real map. But again, this just shows how easier it is to clearly mod for flight sim i thought as well you know in, and get something added into the game so that was um, quick it was just literally done over the weekend wasn't it yeah yeah exactly it was just like you know somebody far more skilled than you or i i'm gonna say that uh <laughs> was able to put it together really quickly and the video that was uh, uh up on the it's on the show notes um I mean, it looks photorealistic. There's no denying it, was it? Looking out the window of the plane. I mean, you, know, like, <laughs> you knew exactly what it was. Yeah, that's like, they're coming at it from the other, they're coming sort of flying at it. So from the, coming up from the stern of the ship. So the, the, the canal's yeah. on your left and flying around. And it was, <laughs> it was just really good. I was like, that's really, <laughs> really clever. Um, it's a shame. Uh, it's a shame I can't land next to it and I'll have a walk around. But yeah, just very cool. And I guess we'll see. I oh, think we'll see do. more. We'll just use a seaplane. Ah, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. Is that the seaplane that thinks we've crashed every time we land it in water? That's the one, yeah. That's the one. Unless they, they should have fixed that, though, actually. There was another update. Yeah, today, fixed it it was the uh, going under bridges you can't do, isn't it? Oh, that's right. That's right. It thought, <laughs> it thought you it, crashed. It thinks you crashed into the, uh, the whatever under the bridge. Maybe the troll? I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs> oh, very, very good. I like that. 
touche is there, touche. Um, okay, so that's a little a little uh, tip. So, but the one other game thing this evening then. So, did you ever play any of the total, uh, total War games, Carl? See, I did not. My brother did. We played them forever. But no, I never so, got around to doing it. Ah, so there's a huge, they're a huge franchise. And today, you know, there's like, I think, you know, six or seven games, I think, in the franchise. Yeah. Um, recently, they gave away, which was something they gave away, didn't they, on Epic a little while ago. It was uh, one of the new ones. Oh, I can't remember now. But there was. Uh, yes, uh, there was. But anyway, but back in 2004, and there was a game called Rome, Total War. Uh, which uh, I played, I played to its death. You know, I, it was, you know, it was one of the games I played in my lunchtime. Yep. I played it after work. It was, it was fantastic. So, you know, it's an RTS, a real time strategy where, you know, unsurprisingly, you are the Roman Empire. Um, yep. And you've got to basically either conquer all other parts of Europe, uh, watch out for invasions from barbarians, all that kind of jazz. And it was a great game. It really was a good game. But apparently they have, although they are remastering it, I should say, Creative Assembly, and re-releasing it as Total War Rome Remastered, as opposed to Rome Total War. Uh, So it's coming out out on Steam. Uh, Apparently uh, it's been remastered by the team that did uh, the Linux ports of many of their games. Okay. it's quite yeah. So it's not been done by Creative Assembly themselves. They've they've kind of you know third party uh, dev studio called Feral Interactive, uh, who like I say they've done the Linux ports of the of their other games, um, and it'll also include all of the the DLC that uh, came with it before. So actually you get a bigger game. And what's really cool is if you've got it in your Steam library, the original, you get fifty percent off the new version. So it's oh, coming okay. out twenty five twenty five pounds. Thirty dollars uh, at the end of April, so you'll be able to pick it up for you know twelve or so pounds um, when it comes out. Uh, so that's, that's pretty good. Um, it does make me laugh though. It does say uh, <laughs> uh, it's only for Steam owners, as Creative Assembly say we are unable to track users who own the CD version. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like okay, that's great. Thanks very much. You know, what about my <laughs> legacy? What about my legacy game collection? You know. Yeah, let's see. You know, the uh, the CD probably came for CD key. Can we not use that to authenticate ourselves? Yeah, exactly. You know, back you know, but this is talking about. There's a lot going on with remasters. So there was another game. I think I'm sure we talked about this a little while ago. There was uh, so Pharaoh, the new new era, is coming out soon. Another again, another RTS, and this is a kind of a reimagining remake of the original Pharaoh game, which came out in 1999. Yep. Which was published by Sierra, you know, who made lots of great games back in the day, didn't they? Sierra, um, that's a blast from the past. It is. Uh, still, SWAT games are still my favourite. Um, <laughs> so, Pharaoh: A New Era is coming out, and again, it's like a remaking again, real-time strategy, a bit like Sim City. Actually, it's more like yeah, cities or skylines yeah. or Sim City, but it's set uh, on the banks of the Nile. Uh, another game, though, yeah, I remember God playing that for hours and hours on end. Um, coming out, but it just makes me laugh because there's a game on Steam, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but basically the premise is that you run a game studio and Oh, yes you know I've, I've played that one, I've got it um, Yeah um, Oh, what's and, it called? Um, oh, basically though, when I played that game and you, you know, the aim of that game is you start off in the 80s don't you, and you build yeah, um, you, you build. You basically create games. You've got to try and unlock more development stages, haven't you? The different genres do, yeah. and skills, and effectively try and match a genre, isn't it, with the your audience? 
release a game, make it sell. That's the whole idea, yeah. isn't it, really? Um, and what made me laugh about that was I used to play that game and kind of make up names and like play like a release a game. And then later on, when I'd unlock, say, you know, let's say the next generation of console, I'd re-release the game as a re- as a remake. <laughs> remake. You know, like this, I'd go I've got it on the should... iPad. I've got it on the iPad or on iPhone even. But you could do that, couldn't you? You could take a, you could yeah. take a game you'd already released and kind of like uh, update it, couldn't you? Update the graphics uh, and resell yeah. it. Yep. Yeah, and I used to do that quite a lot. And like, you know, <laughs> it just makes me laugh that right now, loads of studios are re-releasing games they made like 10, 15 years oh, ago. Are, aren't they? It's uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them have been pretty good and I've put a lot of time and money in, into them. But some of them, I think, are just a quick cash grab, aren't they? I think it is. It's, I mean, yeah, you're getting a new audience. But it's like, what am I buying here, you know? Because trust me, buying nostalgia doesn't work we all know that the reality no, it is, does not you know when you take off the rose tinted you know goggles you're like no that 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 wasn't as good as i remember because when i played it the first time around it was 20 years ago and i knew no different you know it's yeah. like, and uh, <laughs> now, yeah, now i know different yeah now i'm now i know different now i'm like yeah this is terrible <laughs> but I mean, talking of strategy games uh they got that is that evil genius 2 is out at the end of the month Oh, very, no, very tempted does, to buy that. That does look the business, doesn't it? Yeah, very, very tempted. Be an evil genius, build your lairs, and take, do world domination. This, um, so yeah, so the original Evil Genius, again, wasn't that came out of PlayStation, I think, didn't it? Or something? Yeah, it was, sure. it's an old game, the original one. Yeah, that came out, oh, God, I want to say, oh, I want to say early 2000s, maybe. Maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't um, PlayStation but PC, but yeah, that was it was a long time ago, as you say. Um, yeah, uh, which is it, but yeah, the, the new one 2004 looked... on the PC, yeah, yeah, very, very good. Um, and it's done by it's been published by Rebellion, who, who makes some great games. Um, yep. they also they also uh own Dress, uh, Judge Dredd, sorry, I should say not Jurassic Park. So uh, <laughs> I have a lot, a lot of time for those people. But yeah, the the videos are great. There's been a lot of work put into it, hasn't there? And the, the voiceovers are just hilarious. If you watch any of the videos on YouTube, aren't they? They're just very, very. <laughs> so Brian Blessed, what... yeah, Brian okay. Blessed yeah. plays one of the henchmen. <laughs> Does he really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I so, think I'm going to buy that. Is that does tomorrow. That's out tomorrow, isn't it? The oh, it does. So, I was just saying, yeah, I'm just I saying. Yeah, treat yeah. myself tomorrow to that. Well, you can give us a review next week, Carl. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to buy it. I probably won't be able to play it. <laughs> you know my uh, my hectic yeah. social life. Well, I know, I know, I know. But uh, well, okay, we'll pencil it in for an upcoming review then. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Awesome. Well, on that note, then I will call it a night. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 32 of the Weekly Tech Round with all the latest stories from the week. I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good evening, all. <laughs>